welcome to another episode of the Collapsing Game Shelf Podcast, a podcast by a group of uh, shippers, a group of sailors, a group of merchant people, a group of merchant mariners with way too many board games. I'm Tom from the East India Trading Company, and I'm joined by Navigator Justin, uh, First Mate Adam. God, you guys are way too witty for me, Debbie. I mean... <laughs> That's that's an interesting title. Yeah. I'm the, the the Dutch people area the stuff. Dutch what? East India Company? The, the Dutch, yeah. The people that got kicked out of New York. Those people. Oh. That's my people. Those are my people. Over there in New Amsterdam. That's right. They never expected them to come from the sea. Yeah. Hey, for some odd reason. <laughs> We're so we'll just okay. build a wall. They'll never have boats. <laughs> They've never land what? boats. Ah, oh, shit, the British are here. They got nothing but boats. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Who could have foreseen this? You know, the bad thing is, is this, this that's very, like, reminiscent of my gameplay. <laughs> and we are talking about our playthrough of Endeavor, colon, Age of Sail, a game where you are, take control of uh, an empire and you're trying to get victory points by creating trade routes to Europe and other places. That sounds about right. Um, Seems legit. Justin, do you have this one on hand? Yes, but you're going to have to give me one minute to go grab it. I, I just set it down in the other room. Perfect. Set it down in the other room. I mean... Not like we've done this 87 times before. <laughs> Are we, we're approaching episode 100. Ooh. What are we going to do for that? No idea. Got to be something. I don't know. I don't know. What do we do? <laughs> Crib. <laughs> I, <don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Try to explain the fucking rules to Crib would take almost an hour. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, you get all these 15s, right? And then... So you get cards, but there's like two phases to the game. You get six cards. So if you're playing with four people, you get six cards. No, five cards. It depends <laughs> on who you're playing with. When he said the other room, did he mean a different house? <laughs> I think he meant... I don't think he set it down. I think it literally, like... He's <laughs> busy digging it. through his collection right now. Yeah. Where is this fucking thing? This <laughs> is <laughs> right from the description, goddammit. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it was false advertising. He has to, he has to ship it to himself because he didn't actually own it. <laughs> <laughs> I have returned. He's back after finding it in a uh, Ark of the Covenant Dystopian style. Dystopian wasteland. style warehouse where it was apparently housed had to head down to the brig go ahead and hit us with the back of the box promotional material justin very good endeavor age of sail the age of sail 1571 to 1862 was an era of unprecedented expansion across the oceans of the globe where seagoing empires tied the continents together with mighty fleets Set sail into a rich strategy game where you are growing a naval power attempting to connect with the distant regions of the world. From your foothold in Europe, you'll strive to make the wisest connections as the map unfolds. Compelling decisions abound. You'll grapple with efficiency, strategy, and even morality. The battles ahead will be fought with cunning as much as with cannons. When it's all over, will it be your empire that writes the history books? You hold in your hands the long-awaited new edition of the much-loved modern classic Endeavor. We have kept the original's gripping gameplay intact with a few significant but simple enhancements. The most dramatic additions of the game changing exploits. Each exploit is a historical event from the Age of Sail that is related to two of the regions in the game. The exploits create unbelievable replayability bringing wonderful thematic flavor to the game and will help you experience the tumultuous age of sale more fully than ever before. Is there more? Uh, well, there's little things like on the side here. Richly satisfying gameplay emerges with five <laughs> simple actions. Occupy cities for their assets and control the links between them. Ship to far-flung regions and open up the trade to grow your empire. Build your presence to draw more powerful cards. Attack your rivals to break up their shipping networks. Pay your workers to keep their efforts running smoothly. I think and that's you need it. to volunteer at the library and read kids' books. You'd be so good at that. If you want, you can come over and read my kids' books. That's fine. I, th I think I did read a book to Jace once. Yeah, yeah, probably. Just come over and, like, yell through the window. That's fine. Yeah? Yeah. Sure. Hang out outside? Yeah, why not? There's a... It's not weird, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... 
I, uh, mm. So, uh, yeah, Age of Sail. Uh, it's a uh, you know victory points Euro game. So uh, the end the end goal is to have the most victory points. How do you get those victory points? Well, there's a lot <laughs> going on. Um, Nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a there's a few ways to get points. Um, there's like sometimes there's points on your you got buildings. You've got like these four trackers. I should probably start over and explain a little bit about the pieces here. So in front of you, when you start the game, you're going to be presented with your your map. You get to pick either the uh, there's a few different options. You uh, if you have four people, you can kind of play a tighter game where there's less spaces to go through, which encourages more. Um, more conflict in a way. Uh, and then there's kind of like the four player map where everybody can just kind of go everywhere because there's lots of spaces and lots of room. Uh, you pick your map and then you sort of spread out these tokens. I think you spread them out randomly and then you've they've got all sorts of shit all over them. Some of them give you additional actions that you can do on your turn. Um, some of them have uh, a uh, uh, symbols which correspond to the four tracks that I'm going to sort of go over quickly. Um, and then, yeah, I think that that's pretty much what's on the, uh, on the board. Um, on the board as well is uh like where, where these tokens go there's either like city tiles city sorry city spaces or there's like little shippy spaces so there's like ships out in the uh, out in the ocean because that's, that's where ships go and also there's uh, uh trade lanes i think is what i don't know what they're exactly they're called but there's like these lines that uh that go uh that where you put the tokens um that are in the areas that are not Europe because you need to go and start uh, you, you need to start there first basically a way of establishing uh, trade networks with other places so you've got like India, the Far East, North America, South America etc etc and uh, and along with like these this line of tokens that you sort of have to take over first there's also more cities and, and open sea spaces um, and each one of these will end up getting a token on them. Interconnecting these spaces on the board is often um, other token spots and some of them are just like completely empty but they do have like victory point symbols on them and so at the end of the game anytime you uncover one of your tokens that you've put down then it has a victory point thingy under it you mean yeah, you get a point and also if you've connected any two points together that has like victory point token symbols in between them you get a point for that thing it's called a link and that's cool um so the way the game works is that you're also presented with your player board, which has four tracks on it. You're going to start at the zero square, uh, which is, you know, you're not you're just starting the game off. Hopefully you don't end there. Uh, but the tracks are from zero to 15, and they've also got more symbols across them, which is basically how many points you're going to get if you get up to that level. Um, those point numbers are like zero, two, four, seven, and then 10 to 15 are all point getting areas. So uh, the higher you go, the more points you're going to get. These tracks are the building track, The uh, which uh, the higher up you go, the better buildings you are able to build during the building phase, funnily enough. There's the culture track, which lets you get more population or uh, or people into your, into your harbor so that you can use more actions throughout the game. There's the uh, wealth track, which lets you pay people to uh, get them back at the end of the round in a, uh, in a, in, in the, one of the more interesting parts of this game which i'll explain later and then there is the uh shit i don't know what this track is called it's got a bunch of shields on it and it is essentially the track that lets you keep uh keep hold of cards in your hand at the end of a round um and so it starts off with like you can have one card in your hand and then two cards in your hand and three cards in your hand four cards in your hand plus one fun card that we'll go over later uh as a as sort of a i'm going to uh hesitantly call it a bonus um Below that Oof. is where you put, uh, <laughs> I don't know what else to call it. Um, that's fair. An additional card, and we'll go over why that's a bit controversial. Uh, below that is where you're going to put your buildings. Um, these are buildings that you're going to get at the first phase of every round, and they will often have symbols on them, which let you uh, let you increase your position on your track, as well as a lot of them will have uh, have spaces for you to put your population markers on and be able to take actions. This is the main way that you take actions is via these buildings. Then, of course, there's the hand of cards that you can sort of 
collect throughout the game, um, as well as a free governor space, which is for something that I'll sort of go over in a bit. The way the game works is it's split into phases. The first three phases you can kind of do all at the same time, uh, which is you build a building. So there's a, another separate area that has the buildings all set up and you, uh, at the beginning of the round, you pick a building and you don't actually have to pay money for that building. You just have to have a high enough, uh, high enough position on your building track to be able to take that building and slap it down in your little network. And it can be any one of the ones that you are eligible for. And as soon as you take that building, you get the bonuses that are usually on the left-hand side. And then you are also, uh, you also have the actions available that are, that are there. Um, uh, so after taking your building, you'll then get the number of population from, uh, from your, uh, distance on the culture track. And you're going to put those guys in your harbor. And then in the third part of the phase, or the, sorry, I guess what the third phase is called payment, which is where you are able to take back from your used actions or from your used buildings a number of workers that are equal to however high you are up on the track. So this is interesting because like if you are pretty low on the wealth track, but you have a lot of buildings that have actions, you may not have the space available on those buildings anymore for the next round because you weren't able to pay people enough to get them back off of those buildings. So it's interesting because uh, the people that are on those buildings stay there until you pay them to come off. And so you have to sort of balance out these three different tracks to try to get uh, get a good little uh, situation going in which you have enough actions to be able to use during the round, but also enough population because when you use things like the ship action, you, you put a dude on the ship action on your building to be able to take the ship action, and then you actually have to take another population from your harbor and put it onto the map. Uh, so it actually costs you two guys to be able to do stuff like that. Um, things like the attack action, uh, which is the only way to remove other people's spaces from the board, actually costs you one to play the action, one to put the dude down, and then you also have to discard one from your harbor in order to pay for the whole action. So it actually costs you quite a bit to start going around punching people. The other actions are the, is it settle? Occupy. I think it's occupy. Occupy is exactly like ship, except that it's only for cities, so it's like for only specific places in the board. Um, shipping is interesting because it's kind of the only way you can get yourself into those other zones that I was mentioning. So like if you want to start making your way into the far east, you have to first start your way shipping there uh, by using the ship action. And you can either go into like the little tracker if there's spaces there, which will give you influence. And if you happen to be the person who is shipped the most there, you might get the governor card, which gives you some bonuses. Um, and uh, and yeah, or or if you have to, you you want to get influence into that area because it's kind of the only way that you can start playing other stuff into there. You might just go and, I don't know, park a ship off the shore and not really get anything for it. But at least you have a foothold into the area. Um, and so in the in this way, you're you're going to be like playing uh, playing your actions and, and putting things down on the board. Um, the other actions are the ones that get you cards, the ones that get you... Uh, ones that get you cards. I think I went over them. Yeah. The only other action is the one that gets you cards. And as well as there's like, I think, one or two actions where you can... Um you can get people back into your uh, into your harbors. You can do like an in, uh, payment right away kind of thing. That's more or less all of the actions. It's actually quite simple, but I'm probably doing a bad job because it's hard to visualize exactly what's going on. A simple video for learning how to play this game only takes like 15 minutes, so it's it's actually quite straightforward. Um, the uh, the spicy part of this game, uh, other than the the actions and um, taking back these things, is when you when you get cards, you can. Uh, hmm. I don't know how to I don't know how to get to this how to get to this topic. So I mentioned I mentioned before that there are uh, there are an extra bonus quote unquote. I'm not you know they call it a bonus. Not a bonus. Uh, bonus. An extra <laughs> slot. There's a. So you have a hand limit. So at the beginning of the game, you're at the lowest level of this track and you are allowed one card plus one uh, card that has shackles on it. And this is, all right, it's it's a slavery. So it's slavery cards. Um, so there's slavery in this game and it comes in the form of a deck uh, where it is very, very cheap to acquire these cards and they're, you know, pretty good at getting your bonuses up early in the game. Um, but they're, it's, I mean, it's slavery. And the downside of trying to use Use these cards is that um, inside of the Europe deck, which is so there's different decks of cards depending on which area you're going after. If you get far enough down the European deck of cards.
cards. There is one where you can abolish slavery. And if you happen to be the person that is holding a bunch of these cards when slavery gets abolished, they all go into your discard pile, your personal fun discard pile, where they will count against your score for for purposes of the uh, of, of your final total, as well as you lose every single bonus that you had available to you from these cards. So uh, very economical to take these uh, until it, you know, comes back to bite you in the ass uh, when people realize that you've been doing very bad things for quite a long time and they're not going to take it anymore. Um, so, yeah, it's a it's a yeah, I, I mean, they, they do try to um, address it inside of the rule books and it is appropriate for the age, I guess. But I mean, I'm not entirely sure how I feel about it, but it is there and it is handled in 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 this way. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's pretty much the game. So the way it works is, again, you, uh, you do the three phases, which is essentially just one phase where you just get your shit together. And then everybody's going to take turns either putting a guy onto their, uh, action squares and doing a thing or playing action tokens from their, uh, from their supply to be able to do actions for free for the most part. Uh, and then going around the table, taking one action at a time until you pass. Once you pass, you can't do anything else for the rest of the round. So make sure you have done everything before you pass. And then at the end of the round is the sort of cleanup phase where you discard down to however many cards you're supposed to have and you figure out if it's the end of the game. Uh, The end of the game is after seven rounds, so you'll know that it's the end of the game because you don't have any more room for building cards. Uh, So that's when you stop and you sort of add all your points up from your your tracks, any of the cards that you've gathered, um, and any of the buildings and any sort of end game bonuses that you have. So this game is essentially like you going around uh, trying to take actions to plonk stuff down, taking tokens, getting your trackers up so that you get more buildings or, or better buildings, more people, more people back, more cards that you can hold on to at the end of the round, um, and just trying to expand your network out to the uh, various parts of the world. And uh, and yeah, trying to just build up a network and expand your empire as best you can. Did I, did I miss anything important there, Justin? No, I think you got it all uh the the shield uh token is uh influence i think that's it and uh and yeah so there there will be tokens that have there will be tokens on the map that have these symbols on them and anytime you pick up a symbol that has that token or pick up a token that has a symbol on it you can move your marker up on that track so as you go through you will continuously like make yourself bigger and better in these various areas and and just generally expand out you might try to explore places that people haven't been so that you can get that sweet sweet governor card um you might just hang around europe and try to abolish slavery you know it's it's kind of up to you how you want to go about it um interesting little euro game it was actually quite fast for for what it was i mean usually sort of thinky type games take a long time and i feel like we got through a couple of games of this in a a few hours which is good um yeah other things i i'm trying to think there's some other fiddly stuff like uh when you're buying cards you can only buy cards if you have enough tokens in the area there's there's a few things like that um Mm -hmm. Other than that, for the most part, everything is pretty well laid out on the map. Everything is pretty open and uh, and inviting. Map is very nice. Um, it's cool. Maps are cool. And it's got a few like nice little expansions to it, which we didn't play with, but it looks like it could spice things up a little bit. Uh, anything from you guys? Everyone likes some spice. Oh, yeah. That's why you go to India. That's that why spice. they're trading. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, yeah, I, I will say that one of the things... Um, that i enjoyed about it was the time limit uh it it keeps things from getting a little too long in the tooth because sometimes with euro games it's going to be like a half an hour experience or a three hour experience and there's not a lot of stuff that fits in that middle ground and not everyone has that kind of time true i'm a real big fan of tall ships i like big ships sails cannot lie i i cannot lie about ships tom and uh yeah i don't know I am always personally very hesitant about uh Europe Euro trading Europe European or Euro style European trading games uh because I find they can be very dry and bland to look at but I find this one uh at least in the the new this new edition of it uh it's very nice to look at everything is very clear the board is all well laid out and like everything you need to know is just kind of in front of you or on the board. Uh, there are very 
few reasons to ever have to consult the rule book, and mainly that's only for the the high end buildings, which are randomized and limited. There's only one of each type, uh, so you don't always know what you're going to get. But it's got really good hieroglyphic hieroglyphics, and uh, I don't know. It, everything for me just seemed to to click, and I like that. Yeah, this is this is another game that it's. I mean, it's not bad. Like I, I don't mind it. Um, the the theme is is there. Uh, it's it's got enough stuff that you're constantly kind of thinking, what can I do? Like there has to be a better there has to be a better play than others. Um, like there, there like there has to be kind of a best move, and it's it's it is it it gives you that those puzzle pieces. I didn't mind it. I thought it was I thought it was okay. Um, I definitely like it. It definitely bears a lot of resemblance to many other um, Euro worker placement games. This one spiced it up a little bit, um, but it, it does like when I'm thinking about it, I'm trying to think of some that are like similar. I'm going to jump on to board game geek here, but uh, uh, it definitely reminded me like the one one game that I actually found it felt similar to to me anyways is uh, Tapestry. Like it, it actually reminded me of Tapestry, and that's, I mean, is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Who knows? I'll let someone talk while I look. What did you think, Debbie? Um, so I liked, um, I, I did, I enjoyed the game. Um, there's a couple things that I, I, uh, I kind of am a little hesitant on. Um, I, I'm actually kind of got much of the same impression as Adam, um, where it did, um, it did very much feel like kind of the same, the same concept and the same idea as Tapestry. Um, you have kind of your, your four tracks, um, and, um, as you're, as you're moving along the tracks, you kind of, you gain your advantages. Um, the, the piece that I was a little kind of less enthused about is, um, I felt, uh, I felt while we're playing that I didn't know, I didn't know where I sat, like, and I didn't know if I was doing well in the game. Um, and when I thought I knew where I was, I was very wrong. (laughs) Um, it's, I, it kind of, um, I guess in in some ways it it like I like the idea that in in something like like tapestry you're bringing um everything kind of comes together in one place right and you have um everybody can see where everybody is on their on their track um there's a little bit of I guess, extended competition I guess to get somewhere first um which is very similar to the idea of the governor card um, but I felt like, um, I felt like it was like, we were very kind of, uh, individual on our own boards. Um, didn't really, like I said, have much of an idea. Uh, I thought in the, f- in the first game, I thought I was doing really well. Like I, I was, I was pretty convinced that I was, I was doing what I, I don't know what I should have been doing. Um, and I, and I was doing it in the right way. And then I kind of looked at, um, at Adam and what he was doing. And I, I, I kind of jousted him a little bit and I, and I poked a little bit and laughed at him and was like, haha, you aren't getting anywhere. Um, and in the end, I mean, I think I beat Adam by maybe two or three points. Um, and we were fairly blown away by, you know, uh, by you guys. Uh, and so that's kind of, that's one thing that I'm, I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of that. Um, I feel like had I realized that I really wasn't in the position I thought I was in, I think I would have, um, I would have done things differently and I, and I probably would have had a, um, a perspective change and I probably would have tried to get myself, um, out of whatever position I was in. Um, but I didn't feel I needed to, because like I said, I, I, I thought I was actually in a pretty good position. Um, and I mean, either, I mean, either you guys were humoring me or you guys also thought that I was in a really good position because there was a point in the game where it was, you know, um, 
who should Debbie be attacking? And it was, well, <laughs> you know, Debbie doesn't really need to attack anybody because I mean, you know, you're, you're doing pretty good. And so, I mean, either you, which is fair, don't get me wrong. I mean, either you guys were very well aware of the fact that I wasn't doing so hot and it didn't really matter. Um, or I, I mean, we were all kind of in the same position where we were, um, under the impression that, uh, we were kind of in, in much different positions than we were. Um, the, last the second game that we played um again i i mean i think we all had a pretty good idea that um tom and justin again were you know kind of on the on the much higher higher end um but i mean god those scores came out and tom obliterated us like not even not even a little bit like that was I, that was crazy. For my part in that, and I, I, I agree with uh, like most of what you're saying. I agree with everything you're saying about like just being completely <laughs> bamboozled by the game. Like I, I felt like such an asshole because I had been like bitching at Justin almost the entire game <laughs> because I was convinced he was winning, and so I was just like like chipping at him, and he like took something from me, and I just like lost it at him. And I was just like, why are you picking on me? Like all this, all this shit. And then like at the end, I was just like, oh, oh, I fucking crushed him. What happened? Like I had no idea. (laughs) I have no, I have no idea, no earthly idea how, how this game operates. Like what gets you points? What doesn't get you points? Like I still don't really understand it. And I mean, that might be like secret scoring, I think is probably like, it's probably good. Um, but yeah, I mean, after after an hour and a half or whatever, and it was just like, oh, this turned out completely different from what it seemed. Because it, it's just so weird. Because like the entire game, Justin was like constantly taking three or four more turns than the rest of us. And like he seemed to have a strategy going on and was had just like so many dudes hanging out in his harbor and it was just like ready to go. And he never seemed to have anything left over. I was like, hell yeah, this guy's efficient as hell. Like, look at him go. And then the, yeah, the scores getting like a fucking 20 i was 20 points over and i'm like oh uh that's weird <laughs> like and i have How no idea i have no idea i have no idea what happened justin seemed yeah. to have his guys everywhere like he had like five tokens left in his bag and i was yeah i thought he was in every conceivable place and just you know he's he had a good score it was the same score as last time 69 but you know <laughs> it's just i just couldn't figure out where the hell that come from he had he seemed like he was doing all the right things and i just yeah. just i was completely lost and i and i agree with you in the sense that secret scoring i think secret scoring has its place i do think it's a it's a good thing in a lot of ways but when secret scoring is not just secret to everybody but it's also secret to you <laughs> i feel like that's a problem like i uh, I, mean, I feel like that's a downside i guess I, I i would clarify like this game doesn't have any secret scoring objectives um no it, it's and i think it might just be that you know because it was all kind of our first games that it's hard to tell exactly because there's so many places you can put your tokens like on the trade tracks do i take over the city should i put in this trade lane you know do i even bother taking over cities should i just grab cards there's so many places to get points that it's it's hard to tell i think initially um and i mean still i guess um what like what is a valuable action for getting like end of game points you know it you know do should i put my tokens all over the cities in europe is that good i don't know and i I don't really want to do the math because my turn's already gone long and uh i want to keep this game going yeah i just i i don't know like i just i have such a hard time with it because you're you just it's it's just such a skewed perspective and i think that that's one thing when you have a game um and so i a game that comes to mind is brass so brass is very similar in the sense that you can um you can get points in many different ways in that game um and you can win it kind of by playing an entirely different game than other people right um but the the advantage to how brass lays their game out is it's kind of that 50-50 piece where um you know some scoring is done actively throughout the game so you there's it's not 100% guesswork at that point like you're not completely blind as 
as to what's happening. Um, it might be slightly misleading. Um, like you could have somebody that, you know, on the board is, um, is, is conceivably further ahead than anybody else, uh, but then has no other points on the board. But at least the person that's, that, that is playing has kind of the forethought and has the, the ability to see that for themselves. Whereas I just, I really struggled with that with this game as I, you know, like I, it just, you just don't see it. Right. And it's, um, I, I feel like when you have a game like that, it's not a bad thing, but you need to give the players a helping hand, um, to understand, you know, maybe not where everybody else is, but at least where you are. Like, mm-hmm. um, and, and that's one thing that I, like I said, I, I struggle with a bit. Um, like, and that's again, like that just comes down to how that game is laid out. Um, and, and the, you know, like, like I said, the comparisons, right? Brass, they do it one way. Tapestry does it another way. Um, there are multiple ways to do it. And I just it, kind of, from my perspective, I just felt too blind, um, in the game. Yeah. It, it's definitely a game that I think benefits experienced players. Like they will have a definite advantage because they would be able to see kind of the actual board state rather than kind of just what you think. And I think, yeah, it's just one of those games that's maybe got uh, yeah different system. I guess one of the th- I do like that it does away with the traditional like around the board point tracker mm-hmm. in that it keeps things moving. Uh, I, I find if you have to do math every round and double check everyone else's math and your math and wait, maybe did I lose a point here? Oh, I have to go back. It it just kind of adds a whole lot of speed bumps. And so I, you know, the 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 kind of being blind nature of it, uh, would take some getting used to. But I appreciate the pace that it adds. Yeah, I definitely appreciate how snappy the game felt. Like, I mean, I wasn't. Hmm, I'm not gonna lie. Like, there were some times when I checked out mentally. I feel like it would be better in person. Um, in the second game we played, I was toying with the idea of just like maybe playing something on the side because the turns seem to maybe take a little bit longer. Like, especially since there are just a ton of options um Mm -hmm. but i mean in general like i thought it was a fairly fairly quick for a euro game um not i i wasn't terribly excited throughout it but it was you know it was good it was a good game i'd play it again for sure it's got a good theme i like ships too yeah It, it it plays well in person i think uh it will especially with the the kickstarter edition it's got nice little trays it's very pretty everything feels nice it's got little slots for you to put the cubes in when they they move around on your tracker. Ooh, that's nice. Yeah. Did you find that uh, find that thing, Adam? You had I did. Yeah. It's like minutes. it's just. Well, I mean, there's a lot of talking. <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt. Um, no, it's it's yeah. The, some of the games that like definitely came to mind, and Debbie hit on it too, is Brass for sure. This reminds me a lot of Brass. It even reminds me a little bit, a little bit of uh, Zolkin. You know, just kind of with you know, I, I mean, Zolkin's. Yeah definitely different but it's still uh you know worker placement you're there's a lot of which resource do i gather when and how do i want to do this and how do i make sure that my my tribe remains good i guess Mm -hmm. i guess the original came out around the same time as brass like the original one was the 2009 2007 so i guess it was just that was that a uh it was just the style of board games then yeah, I mean it's it's the hot thing, right? And that that's that makes sense. Like just do what the market is kind of demanding, I guess, or what you think you can make money off of. True. Or just what's, you know, it's something that maybe you've been toying with designing for a while and, you know, it's at the forefront of people's minds and so it seems like a good idea to do it then. Mm-hmm. You know, really you don't really want to make something that's going to flop. No. Um when when was this? You said it was 2009. Uh, the, uh, the, this, the, the game originally came out in 2009, uh, then the Kickstarter was, uh, 2018. Oh, okay. Have you, uh, have you tried it with any of the, uh, what is it, exploits? Not as of yet. Uh, I've gone through them, uh, and, uh, they also comes with, like, a, a separate full set of, like, building tiles and alt cards and everything, but it, it definitely looks like it adds, uh, plenty of variability and, more of a reason to try to uh, influence a region uh, because if you're able to say get 
uh, North America and South America, and you can get this extra like modified action through one of the exploit cards. It kind of it it uh, yeah it just adds a little bit of extra playability in that there's yeah there's more reason to maybe do maybe a less optimal play now for like extra bonuses later and uh, just can definitely change how the game plays uh, every time is there's going to be different objectives that people will want um, kind of like the uh, the trading companies that uh, the one uh, mini expansion adds cool as a alternate building so it definitely adds more depth to it and uh, more replayability yeah that sounds uh, that sounds pretty cool I think yeah I think one of the things that I sort of that that I feel like that would help a lot to uh to alleviate in my my personal feeling is just like there wasn't much there wasn't much overt difference from going after one region or another you know I'm not a huge fan of things just always coming down to like being a numbers game I like there to be mm-hmm. a little bit of personality to things and uh other than like I went after the far east because I like the uh I like the picture on the card uh so so it's it's good to hear that there might be other reasons to sort of go after those kinds of things uh because i i think it helps to build a little bit of personality into the game i mean other than that there wasn't much reason to go to one place that may might be suboptimal now uh you know over over something that seemed like uh you know getting your getting your foot in the door uh so I don't know. It's I think in in the like the baseline playthrough, it just lacks a little bit of personality outside of, you know, if you really like ships and that this is the (laughs) sort of era that you're interested in. It's probably like quite a good euro for for you to 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 sink your teeth into because it is like it is pretty steeped in that the uh, the the um, the mechanisms are good, Um, like the using your workers to cover up the cards and then having to have uh, the the payment uh, your your yourself up on the payment slider to get them back so that you can do those actions later is a is pretty interesting um and uh, and yeah and the quick play time is definitely a plus for sure i mean especially compared to a lot and i mean a lot of euro games i was very happy with the like one hour play time so uh so yeah i think it just lacks a little bit in the excitement department which i think that it sounds like those uh, the ex- exploits and other stuff that uh, you can add on will probably help that in future playthroughs. Definitely, yeah. It, they definitely add more character to each region rather than just being a place where you get cards with the most pots. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. And Europe still has the uh, has the character of being where the slavery happens. Hey, hey. yeah, Oof. awkward. I, I I do like that they do. They, they acknowledged it in the Kickstarter and in the manual yeah. as they were considering removing it. Mm. But they have a they have a like a, a little write up here about why why they did it in the end. I mean, it definitely it, it's a thing that happened. And I mean, if you if you try and just like bury it, then that's not good either, I guess. Yeah, that that's kind of what they said was like they were thinking because I mean, really, you could take that out of the game and it wouldn't affect the game all that much. Um, mm-hmm. But as they said, it's they didn't want to just just kind of like tear you know tear it out of the history books. Like it's they they tried to acknowledge it without leaning into it too much. Uh, yeah, that's fair. I, I, the fact that they actually created the the abolition of slavery is, mm. I mean that that in an in and of itself is um, commendable, right? Like it's. Um, they they definitely try to do it in a very tactful way and make it so that you know it's um, it really speaks to that idea that you know it's sometimes you know things look really good uh, when you're doing them but <laughs> it's a cost yeah yeah um, in the end you're you know you you're definitely uh, you're definitely paying for it right and so I, I commend them for that that's definitely um, you know something that they by no means did they need to do. Yeah. Um, and like you said, they could have just, I mean, they could have just left it out, uh, yeah, they which could have I think a it. lot of games would, right? Which, um, yeah. It's, it's, it's not a, not a good subject, but, uh, also they did add two things in the, the exploit system, uh, which, um, is the, the Haitian revolution and the underground railroad, um, oh, yeah. to, and as they say, shine some light on how pieces of this evil institution 
were broken up near the end of the era. Um, and uh, it, I kind of took a look at them, and uh, they have some interesting historical, like actually historical uh, text on them and stuff. So That's cool. I think they did maybe as well as they could for mm-hmm. including it at all. I think it's super respectable uh, the way that they've, the way that they've done it. That's, I, I mean, it's difficult to talk about, obviously. I mean, uh, how do you explain the mechanic of slavery in a board game? I, <laughs> yeah. Uh, with that being said, I, you know, I, they, they did it in, they did it in a, in a good way. And um, I, yeah, I, I continue to commend them for that. They, yeah, they, they did nothing but the, the best. Um, and they, definitely Sean Sean shine shown Sean shown uh the the light in the right place um because you can't for the most part you can't really get around um ignoring it yeah so it's yeah I, I, kudos to them and it's also in the game you don't have to take the cards <laughs> Drew Drew yeah but they're pretty good Justin that's the thing is they're, <laughs> they're pretty good I mean like one of them is I like some some really good bonuses for uh, mm-hmm. I don't know how good they get closer to the bottom I only dug through the top card <laughs> I mean uh, I mean I r- looked at the top card right guys mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay anything else from anyone uh negative ships <laughs> ships yeah if you like ships this is probably the game for you uh for me um given oh man this is kind of hard i i think so my scale is usually on a keep or not keep sort of situation where i have too many board games and i'm trying to uh it, I, this podcast is the most laborious way of me trying to figure out which ones to keep and which ones to get rid of um and most of the time i just keep adding more uh but anyway like if i had this one in my collection i'd probably keep it because you know the age of sale is uh, interesting to me i like ships maps are cool um and it's got good mechanisms and it's fast for the most part uh which is something i can't say for a lot of my games and so it kind of fits in that uh in that zone where it's you know a two to five player game that plays in a snappy ish amount of time and depending on how spicy you want to make it you can sort of flip the maps around to get yourself a little bit more conflict going on and you know start to really uh swear at each other um so so yeah if i had it i I would keep it i don't know if i'll go out and get it uh because i mean my playthroughs they were uh, the game was interesting i think the game's good i think if this sounds interesting you should definitely check it out on tabletop sim or something and see if it's to your liking and then you know maybe go hunt down a copy after that uh for me given that i have like a bazillion games right now i probably won't go out to get it but i definitely wouldn't turn a game of this down and i would love to try it out with the expansions and maybe get a few more games under my belt um so yeah i I think it's good. I think it was a good game, good time. Um, I've drifted off a little bit during the day, but I mean, that's it's it's hard to keep your concentration when you're sitting at a computer, guys. It's it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> anyway, uh, Justin, what do you think? Well, uh, hey, uh, well, I'm trying to uh, stay on the whole keep and not keep uh, way of thinking. And for finally, this is one of the games that I actually have in my possession. So it, I'm I'm definitely gonna hold on to this one it uh this is kind of one of the this is the style of euro that i like it's everything is clear it has a nice art style and presentation uh it involves ships which is always just great and it plays in uh, a decent amount of time like I, I i don't have to worry about clearing my schedule uh, to play it uh and i don't know i i had I had fun with it. it. It's an interesting puzzle to take in, and I'm I'm still I look forward to trying out a different strategy or a different approach and seeing what works. Like I, I like being able to explore strategies, and uh, this this game seems like one that has a lot of variability uh, to how you can approach it. And yeah, it's 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 great. Um, uh, as as noted, you know, there's a couple touchy subjects in it, uh, and uh, that is a definite caveat if you want to play it at all, and that's fair. But um, it's a it's a solid uh, solid game, and uh, I, I had fun playing it. So uh, yeah, it's a good recommendation if you're looking into a medium weight euro uh, <laughs> that uh, plays in a in a decent amount of time. Uh, how about you, Debbie? 
So um, I agree with you guys uh, in the sense that um, uh, it, it it is one of the shorter versions of uh, uh, of a euro. Um, Euros can get very uh, you know draggy, um, and they you know uh, they can take a, a good amount of time. Um, my perspective on it uh, is I. It, Yes, it's nice to have a game that that you know uh, does go a little quicker. Um, but with that being said, um, if I enjoy the game, I I actually don't mind if it's a longer uh, a longer kind of playthrough and that it takes a little bit more time. Um, I'm I'm pretty open um, and and enthused, I guess, to play um, uh, a game that I'm you know that I'm really interested in and that really does kind of turn the wheels for me and 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 kind of hits all those boxes. So I, the time aspect is, I think, kind of a little less important for me, um, especially when it comes to a Euro, just because I, I kind of expect, um, I, I expect that mental challenge just for myself a little bit more. And that's, that's kind of a, a good piece of what I enjoy about Euros. So, uh, y- if you're looking for a version of a Euro that is a little on the faster side, um, and that does still kind of play the same way. Uh, this is a really good option. I, you know, I, I can't, um, I can't say that it's not by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I, I mean, it's not meh for me. I, it's because I did enjoy it. I do enjoy it. It's not that I would ever turn a game of this down. Um, but if I'm comparing it to other things like Brass and Tapestry, I just, for me, the way that they are laid out and the way that um, I kind of feel like I can track my own kind of my own progress and the, and the way that I'm doing things, I just, they, they kind of trump this for me. Um, so I mean, it's, it's definitely a game that if you're, like I said, if you're looking for the faster style Euro, if you're, you know, you still kind of, you want that same, that same gameplay, um, then this is, this is absolutely, this is the version to go for. I've never seen a Euro, uh, play out, I guess, this quickly, um, in this, yeah, in this style. I just, it's kind of mind blowing, actually, the more I think about it. Uh, so if, if that is an aspect and if that's, if that's, you know, something that you have to think about, then, you know, this, this does absolutely do that. And it does work the same way as, as most other Euros do. So I can't really, uh, I can't really knock it. For me, I'm just a little less enthused about it because it does kind of pick at a couple things that I, I don't want to be, have them necessarily taken away from my, my Euro style. So, um, yeah, that's it for me. Um, Adam, how about you? Um, yeah, I'm in the same kind of boat, I guess. Like I, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm on a 10 point scale and this is, again, this is a, a very, it's a good game. It's a fast game. It's not, you know, it's, it's fun to, fun to play. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't light. It doesn't light any, any lights that, that are just like, Ooh, yeah, I could really get into more of this or, or something like that. It's just kind of, it's just a good game. Like it's just a solid experience. Um, but nothing groundbreaking to me. Uh, so I, I would give this just a seven. It's a seven. It's, it's just kind of, it's just kind of there. Like it, it's a, it's fine. Uh, I won't be, I'm not going to be hunting it down. Cause I mean, just we own brass, we own tapestry, we own, um, we own Zolkin, we own Teotihuacan, and they're all similar enough that they that they kind of fill that role already. And I mean, I already have four games that play within the same vein, and that's uh, saturated enough for me. <laughs> so again, not, not it's it's not a not a knock against this against this game, as it is a good game. It just doesn't it just doesn't have a place. It's a seven out of ten. There you go. Would you say it doesn't fill your sails? Um, no, not really. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't really. You're right. It does not do that. The dad jokes. My goodness. Doesn't grab a hold of you. Damn it. It's <laughs> <laughs> getting worse quick. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you uh, want to do us a favor, uh, you can, you know, share this with a friend. Uh, you can like and subscribe and all that shit. Uh, thanks in advance. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us and tell us how cool we are, you can find us on Twitter at CGS Podcast. You can send us an email at uh, collapsinggameshelf at gmail.com. And if you want to talk to me directly and uh, tell me what a bad person I am, I'm. You can you can find me on Twitter at Team Rage Tom. 
Uh, but don't, don't, don't do that. I'm, I'm a sensitive man and I, I just don't have time for that. Uh, Justin, what you got? Hey, uh, if you want to reach me, Justin, uh, you can find me on Twitter at don't trust Justin. And, uh, I'd love to know what your favorite style of tall ship was. How about you, Debbie? Uh, so first of all, I don't know what you keep bringing up tall ships and I have no idea what you're talking about. It's the ones with the sails. uh, Yeah, with the big sails. Do they call them tall ships? That's just what they're called. Yeah, they're very tall. They're tall, yeah. Quite tall. See, and when you were caught, when you were talking about you like tall ships, I was like, okay, so there's like meeples in the game that are like tall or something. (laughs) Sadly, sadly, the game features no, no ship models. Oh, all right. Well, (laughs) I mean, he'll just have to do with the ship models that he keeps within arm's reach at all times. Yikes. Yeah. Possibly. I, uh, judge me all you want, people. I don't know what a tall ship is. I mean, I do now, but, um, yeah. So like, uh, oh God, sorry. Uh, if you guys <laughs> want to get a hold of me, you can get me at, at Mrs. Wynn. That's at MRS H. No, wait. <laughs> at MRS W H Y N on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I don't know how to spell my own name, so good luck spelling it yourself. Um, yeah, if you guys want to get a hold of us as a group, uh, like Tom said, you guys can get a hold of us on uh, Twitter. We love hearing from everybody. Um, if there's suggestions that you have, if there's things that you think we should know, um, I don't know, I, be nice. Constructive criticism is is always welcome. Um, and we want to make sure that you guys know that we're not just doing this for ourselves. We're also trying to give you guys a, a helping hand too. So, you know, uh, you guys can have an idea of the games um, before you buy them and, and get a bit of a, a jump start on maybe what you might want to put in your collection next. So uh, at CGS Podcast on Twitter. Uh, Adam, how about you? Uh, you guys, you can catch me on uh, all social media at For The Win, F-O-R-T-H-E-W-H-Y-N. You can also catch me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash For The Win, uh, Thursday, Friday evening, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern. Saturday and Sunday morning, starting at 11.30 a.m. Eastern. Uh, currently playing a whole bunch of Yakuza Like a Dragon still. I didn't realize that there's about 722 mini games, And oh, yeah. uh, so that's a thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, uh, you you giving some drinks to some ladies yet? Is that is that what we did? I think you... What? No, sorry. You buy the drinks <laughs> while talking to the ladies. I think that's what a host cl- hostess club is. Oh, well there's a thing today i learned uh yeah no there's like pachinko and mario kart or well dragon kart sorry uh there's you know non-copyright infringement mario kart that's right um there's like there's there's just a million uh mini games and it's cool and so i've taken like this slight deviation from the main story to go and explore all the mini games so it's it's you know it's kind of slowed down play pachinko for three hours yeah all right oh man and i i could play pachinko for more than three hours if we're (laughs) being honest it's ridiculous uh but yeah you can catch me on twitch uh come hang out and let's you know gamble together This doesn't seem good. Bad encouragement. Gambling's bad, people. Gambling's bad. Yeah. Know your limit. Stay within it. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. Brought to you by the Alberta team. Brought to you by the (laughs) AGLC. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, sorry. All right, cool. Thanks again for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And we will be back at you next week with something fun. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.